Welcome to this week's message from Crosspoint Community Church. You can find us on the web at crosspointonline.org. There, you can find links to our social media accounts. Led by Pastor Mike Deese, we meet every Sunday at 11 a.m. in Roswell, Georgia. Now presenting this week's message. He does give us a blessed assurance. And if you're here today and you don't have that, know this. He wants you to experience that. He wants you to know without any shadow of a doubt that His love for you is more than enough. And we just simply come to Him and experience that love and grace. Um, this past uh, week on Monday, I, and I normally, you know, we're a smaller church and so I get to call out people, but I received a, 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 via text uh, an a article from John Turner. John, it was nice. It was good. It wasn't nothing mean. He wasn't being ugly to the pastor. But uh, it was uh, just, just an article that had this title and it came from Barna Research. And, and by the way, Barna, for those of you, anybody heard of Barna uh, Research? Barna, uh, they're, they're just a research uh, and resource company that really probably the, re, the leading research organization in America that's focused on the intersection of faith and culture. Just like, you know, taking a temperature as far as how faith is doing in America. But uh, it, was a, it was an article that they had done and, and with this title, Nearly Half of the Practicing Christian Millennials Believe That Evangelism is Wrong. Wow, I mean, what do you think about that? Nearly half the practicing believers, Christians, uh, millennials, believe that evangelism is wrong. You know, you look at that and uh, you could go, wow, how could they? Really? Well, one of his statements simply was this, as far as the uh, article that they did. It says, millennials are unsure about this actual practice of evangelism and agree that it's at least somewhat wrong to share one's personal faith with someone of a different belief or faith in hopes that they will one day share the same faith. And you look at that and you go, okay, well, what does God's Word have to say about that? And as, as I looked at the article and was reading that, uh, it, it really raised a couple of questions really to my mind. It's number one is that, you know, we can be appalled and we can go, I can't believe that you would think that, that that's wrong, especially, you know, b- before Jesus left the earth, Jesus says, go share the good news. Go and make disciples. Go do this. Go be about this. And um, uh, yet the question is, are, are we doing it? You know, are we doing it? We can say, I believe this, but we do really what we believe. Am, am, am I sharing uh, the good news of Jesus Christ? Is that part of my DNA as a follower of Jesus Christ? But the, but the, second, the second question that was really raised for me was this. Like, what is it that we think that we're sharing? You know, when it's, when, when we think, use this word evangelism, which, you know, sometimes is a hot button for some folks. But when we talk about sharing the good news, what are, what do we really believe that we're sharing? What is that? And those are questions that we really need to answer because as we look in scripture, God doesn't just leave us, leave it to chance for what it is that is the good news. 
what it is that He would have us to share when it comes to faith in Jesus Christ. That, that article really raised for me a, a passage. It brought to mind a passage that's in our primary passage this morning. It's in Jude. The small little letter here, the next to last book of the Bible, Jude, if you'll turn there with me. And today, today and, and next Sunday, I'd like for us just to spend some time on taking a look at this, this subject of contending for the faith. You know, sharing the faith. Uh, allowing God to use us as His ambassadors for the faith, especially as, as, as we are approaching at the threshold of, of Easter Sunday, the best news ever. But it's here in the book of Jude that we have these words. I'd just like to read the first four uh, verses uh, with you, so if you would, follow along with me. Verse 1, Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and the brother of James to those who've been called, who are loved by God the Father and kept by Jesus Christ, mercy, peace, and love be yours in abundance. I like that. Verse 3. Dear friends, although I was very eager to write to you about the salvation we share, I felt I had to write and urge you to contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to the saints. For certain men whose condemnation was written about long ago have secretly slipped in among you. They are godless men who change the grace of our God into a license for immorality and deny Jesus Christ, our only sovereign and Lord. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's through your word, Lord, that you reveal yourself that Your Word is living and active. And today I pray through Your presence, O Holy Spirit, that You would just open up our eyes and our ears and our hearts to, to, to receive that for which You have for each of us today. That You would exhort and challenge us to, to fall in love with You more and more and also to be a conduit through which Your love and truth and grace and salvation is made known. Lord, we pray that you would do such a work in each of our hearts and lives, Lord, that we are compelled to share the great news of Jesus Christ. Lead us, we pray, in this time through Your Word, and it's in Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Alright, so here's what I would like for us to do. Just spend some time in taking a look at what is the faith because it's in this particular passage you know, in verse 3 that he says, you know, I was wanting to talk to you about this, but I felt this urgency. It's like I was directed by the Holy Spirit to change directions and urge you to contend for the faith. The faith. Now we all know about faith and, and, and there's a lot of misunderstanding out there. Everybody has faith. The truth is every single person has faith in something. But he says, I want you to contend for the faith. So I want us to take a look at what the faith is and then also uh, look at why should we contend for it? Why should we, you know, what are, what are the reasons that God gives us uh, lay out before us as far as compelling us to be out there sharing and risking whatever it is that we may be fearful of losing? What is the faith? Because here's the deal. If the faith is like a lifestyle... I can see a reluctance, you know, for people being, you know, sharing that. Or if, if the faith is a bunch of principles or some opinions that we have, uh, then I can understand the reluctance. 
or if the, the faith is, you know, an idea, you know, these ideas that, you know, that come from God or some sovereign, then I understand that. Or if the faith is just a, a, a label. See, because it's easy for us to, to come in and, 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 you know, it's just like we have our labels that we enjoy wearing or whatever, but, you know, it becomes a, a subculture. And, and, and God never intended for Christianity to become a subculture. But just think about it. It's like, you know, coming, you know, coming into this place and like, okay, you know, I see that people are different, but we, you know, we, we connect here, you know, and it's a good connection and people care about me. And, and, and if I'm hurting or if I'm sick, then I know I can get a good meal out of somebody because these folks love to cook and all that. Kind of, you know, it, and if, if that's what it is, I can understand that. But the tr truth of the matter is what, what Jude is saying here. And by the way, he goes, uh, Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ, and the brother of James. It's interesting how he comes here and he says, you know, I'm a servant of Jesus Christ and the brother of James. Well, he's also the brother of Jesus. You know, but in, 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 in biblical times, you know, it's like, hey, I'm not going to be dropping some names here. I, I am a servant. First and foremost, a servant of Jesus Christ. And we remember how we were exhorted, you know, uh, through our time in experiencing God that to take a look at this word servant and realize that it's not just me getting what it is that God wants me to do and try my best to go out and do it. But a true servant of Jesus Christ is one through whom Jesus does it. He does it. We don't do it. He does it. So we show up. We just simply show up and allow him to do it in us and through us. And, and then he encourages us with this and that uh Part B of verse 1, he says, To those who've been called, who are loved by God the Father, and listen to this, and kept by Jesus Christ. So there's an encouragement here for, for each of us. You know, you may be struggling. You may be here today and you're, you're, you are a follower of Jesus Christ. You are a Christian. But right now, you're flat, you're empty, or you're struggling. You're, you, you're, you're just overcome by uh, some issues that are in your life. And you're not just feeling like a winner. But here's a reminder that we have, and we have it time and time in Scripture. We are kept by Jesus Christ. It's not because of what you do. It's because of what Christ has done. You are kept by Him. And then he says, mercy, peace, and love be yours in abundance. And that's God's desire for each of us here today. Not just to the uh, listeners here, but for me and you. That mercy, that peace, that love just overflows within each of our lives. So he comes and, he, and, he's, and he's arguing for the faith. But and, and the reason for that, look at verse 4. He says, For certain men whose condemnation was written about long ago have slipped in among you, and they are godless men who change the grace of our Lord into license for immorality and deny Jesus Christ, our only sovereign Lord. So it's a picture of these guys who had said, you know, had uh, false teachers who were talking about apostasy and different things, but these guys were coming in and going, you know, just using, you know, the grace of God, just kind of like a credit card. Have you ever done that? You know, sometimes it's easy for us to, you know, go like, oh man, I, I just want to do this. Uh, and then, oh grace, thank you, Jesus. You know, Grace, thank you, Jesus. And, and it's, it's, it's just abusing what the faith really is all about. Uh, the faith that he's talking about is not a principle, not a lifestyle, not a religious belief. It's an encounter with the living God. Uh, as a matter of fact, 
what what the faith in Scripture comes down to this understanding of divine persuasion. The faith is not something that we work up, not because of our intellectual power, but it's because of an encounter with the living God and His divine persuasion. I am persuaded. We were just singing blessed assurance. That assurance that we have. Why? It's not because of what we do or what we can muster, but because of who God is and what He said. So this, this faith is this divine persuasion that God brings in each of our lives through a personal encounter with Him. Uh, and so, you know, it, it produces this desire to follow Him. It's not this idea of, you know, what can I do? You know, what can I do and get away with and still be okay with God? See, that's not the, that's not the question that a follower of Christ asks. It's a, you know, that's, that's misunderstanding. That's the reason he's saying, I want you to contend for the faith. But we, we've all done this. Like, how far can I push the envelope and still be a Christian or still be okay? Really, as we look at Scripture, and it's a different way of looking at it, and the faith that he's talking about comes down to this. It's an event, an event that we're going to celebrate in three weeks. An event that happened, you know, a little over 2,000 years ago when the God's Word was just made manifest for God so loved the world that He sent His one and only Son. That Jesus left all of the glory of heaven and He came and He entered our world and He lived some 33 years and then a sinless life, an event when Jesus came into the world and then ultimately was crucified to pay the penalty for my sin and for your sin uh, because we could never get it right. Jesus there for once and for all being that perfect sacrifice. And then after being put into a grave uh, for three days uh, and at, d- during that period of time, the followers of Jesus <laughs> kind of freaked out. You know, it's like, oh... Like sometimes we do. We just, you know, we're not sure what's going on with our Lord. But then He was raised to life. It's an event. It's an event that split history. So when we're talking about sharing our faith or having the faith, being divine, it's like believing that we're not some historical thing, but in a living Lord, an event. For God invaded our world to turn upside down what had happened ever since the fall so that we could have a right relationship with God. So we're talking about an event. You know, it's, it's not a feeling. It's a, it's a literal event that we believe with all certainty. But it's not just that event, but it's also a person. When, when we're talking about our faith, we're talking about a personal faith in the person of Jesus Christ, King of kings and Lord of lords. The, the perfect Lamb, the Savior of the world, the one who says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. It's a person. It's a person. Not just, again, in history, but a person that is alive today. So he said, you know, I, I came back to life. And he showed himself to hundreds of witnesses uh, who then proclaimed the faith and passed it on. And that's what Jude is saying. I want you to contend for that. The living Lord, he is alive. 
But it's not just it's not just an event. It's not just a person. But it's a daily leading. You know, our faith is one of being led by our Lord, being led by the Savior Jesus Christ. And so, you know, as we come to look at this, if 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 what was said in that article, like, hey, I don't, you know, I don't, I feel like this is wrong, is is about sharing uh, something other than that, is sharing, you know. Uh, some lifestyle or some labels or some principles or things of that nature? Yeah. Or, you know, morality, even though morality is great. That, that's, not, that's not what he's talking about. But sometimes I think it's easy for us to substitute this event, this climactic, world-changing event, the person, to substitute these three things for other substitutes. For other things, for labels, for a way of life, you know, for some principles. And sometimes we have principles, you know, that, that we go, oh, this is so important as far as a follower. But we get our pet principles. And then, you know, these are the things that, you know, we kind of espouse that's really important. And, you know, we forget some of the other things. But th these are ours. And, you know, we go, oh, 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 you still struggle with that? Oh, God delivered me from that, you know, in 1984, you know. Just, just spend some more time with him. You'll get there. Um, that's not, that's not what he's talking about. Contend for that word. Contend also means agonize. He said, "I want you to agonize for the faith." You look back at Hebrews in, in chapter eleven at the Hall of Faith. You'll see that these people were. It wasn't just a comfortable deal. These people are in the Hall of Faith. You know, God used them in His story in history to accomplish His purpose and His plan uh, throughout mankind. But you get there over there toward the latter part of chapter 11, you'll see Him going, man, there's just not enough time to, to, to get all this stuff in there. And He starts talking about all those these people that who, who because of their faith, some radical things were going on. Radical things as far as they were willing to die for. It says they were tortured and they were cut in pieces and you know and burned and, and he's going and you're going uh, 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 that faith yeah that's what he's saying he said because that's the real faith it's a faith to live with of live live for in each and every life so you know that's the faith that's what he's talking about the event can we say and sharing with someone you know hey i just want to tell you about something that happened where God demonstrated His amazing love. It's just as real as rain that Jesus Christ came and He lived sinless, perfect life. But He did that for which we could never do. He paid for your sin so that you could be made right with God and experience that for which you are alive for in the first place, to have a relationship with God. That's the purpose for each and every one of our lives. No matter, no matter what agenda you have, no matter what plans you have, God created us for a relationship. This boat, this ship is sailing to that destiny. We're, that's where it's going. To the climactic uh, ending of God being glorified. Where every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So it's about sharing an event. It's about sharing a person. The person of Jesus Christ. A living Lord. 
You know, and so it's like this happened. He's alive. As we were saying, forever. He is going, he's alive. And it's about our following him each and every day. So that, that's kind of what just the faith is that he's talking about here. But then let's just look at, at, at the question of well, why. I mean, well, God, am I sharing? Am I, am I sharing this? Am I sharing this event? Now, you know, we're in an age of tolerance. We're in an age where there's a lot of people that are, you know, get their uh, feathers ruffled, you know, whenever you stand up and, you, and they try to maybe put it in some political way or this. No, but here's what, you know, God's saying. I want you to share this. I want you to share this demonstration of my love. I want you to share that because that is the litmus test of all of history. Share this event. Share this person of Jesus Christ that you would know Him and share how Christ has impacted your life. You know, I am forgiven. Listen, I'm not here to stand to share with you my merits. I'm here to share with you His story. I'm sharing this not because I have it all together and that's not what uh, empowers me to share it. It's because He's got it all together. That's the reason we're talking about this event and this person and my desire to follow His leading each and every day. What's wrong with that? When we, when we look at sharing the best news, the good news, what's, who wouldn't want others to experience that grace, that fullness, that forgiveness, that truth, that empowerment? So let's look at, let's look at four reasons why. Why should we, as a body of Christ, why should we agonize, contend, you know, for the faith of Jesus Christ? Why should we be out there sharing uh, and, and holding true to what it is that God is, is saying for us in the church and outside the church? Here's, here's four reasons I just want to share. Number one, because Jesus is worth it. Because Jesus is worth it. Jesus came to earth, lived a sinless life, died a horrific death, was raised from the dead. He's the conquering king. He calls people that are lost into an eternal relationship with him. He's the center of our faith. Without him, humanity is hopeless. Jesus is our only way, the only truth. And he provides the only life that is worth living for, worth fighting for, worth dying for. His sacrifice was a part of God's perfect plan. I can't fully wrap my mind around that, but His plan to redeem mankind. It's not what I do, but it's about all about what God has done and His desire for me to come and to kneel before the cross of Jesus Christ. And that's what Paul says, man, if I'm preaching anything besides the cross of Jesus Christ, then shut me up. Because it's all about Jesus and what He accomplished on the cross and through His resurrection for me and you. Something that happened over 2,000 years ago still has as much potency right now as ever. As ever. And he's saying, I want you to embrace that because Jesus is worth it. Now, Jesus helps us understand that it's not always going to be easy. It's not always going to be easy. Uh, in Matthew chapter 10, he has this. He said, do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I came to... Uh, set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law and a man's enemies will be the members of his household. He who loves uh, 
And his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not uh, take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. Jesus is saying here, these, these are strong words, but He's saying that we must come face to face with this reality of the power of sin and the penalty of sin. And only Christ eradicates that. It's only through Him. And He's calling us to be ambassadors for Him, to come and to put Him first and foremost in our lives. Paul says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. He says, Therefore we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were making His appeal through us. We beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. He made Him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. Uh, why? Because Christ is worth it. Because Christ is worth it. And, you know, it's, it's that opportunity for each of us just to come before the Lord and just say, okay, Lord, how am I doing in my relationship with you? If you're estranged in your fellowship with Him, you, you might not be feeling that. But if you come and know and allow Him to lavish His love and His truth and His grace and His forgiveness and you embrace that, you surrender that, you receive that, whew, yeah. How can I go? How can I allow any friend of mine, how can I allow any person that I encounter who is lost and destined for a godless hell not to hear this good news? Because Jesus is worth it. But also, here's a second just in reason, because the Bible commands it. The Bible just says, do this. I want, you to, I want you to be content for the faith. I want you to agonize over the message of Jesus Christ, what God's Word has to say for us. Here's a short list. I'll just uh, go through these. Um, Romans chapter 16 says, keep an eye on false teachers. So he's saying, hey, we got to know God's Word. Uh, uh, Galatians 1.8 says, Let anyone teaching another gospel be accursed. Ephesians 5.11 says, Expose fruitless deeds of darkness. Philippians 1.27 says, Stand firm and strive for the gospel. 1 Timothy 4.6 says, Point out false teaching. 1 Timothy 6.11, Flee from greedy ministry tactics. 1 Timothy 6.12, Fight the good fight. 2 Timothy 4.2, Preach the word, reprove, rebuke, exhort. You know, there's a, you know, there's a lot of things there's a lot of things when we when we think about it as followers of Christ that we would rather do. You know, it's like, man, you know, this is nice. I, I'm kind of looking forward to coming to church on Easter and being able to share and fellowship with some folk. We're going to share a meal together. We're going to sing some songs. You know, we're going to have some time in small group where we're going to be, you know, allowing God's Word. You know, there's a lot of things that we would rather do than kind of stir it up, stand up in the face of an intolerant culture for the purpose of Jesus Christ, to be His ambassador. That's what, that's what Jude was saying. He said, now, I was just kind of wanting to write you about this, our salvation that we share. I was just, we we're going to talk about Jesus and what He's done for us, and how forgiven we are, and now I'm, I'm free from all that. Not only am I free from the, the penalty of sin, I am free from the power of sin. I, I just wanted to share with you these songs and, and these hymns. We could, we could have some good... But He says, nope, nope, nope. He said, 
But I had to write. I was re redirected to write you to contend for the faith because you see, Satan is a liar. And, and just as he did at the very beginning in his lies and his subtleness, he's going to continue to weave his way and he's saying, I'm into the church. Now it's not just out there into the church where it's really easy to say, man, I love this message of God's grace. Yeah, I, I love that. I, I really love that. But then as Paul talks about time and time again, we use that for license and just to do whatever we want to do. Credit card, cha-ching. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. But here it is, grace, grace. And that's not the gospel. That's not the good news that Paul is talking about here. He says, the Bible commands it. So we come to say, God, you want me to, to know your word. You want me to be a student of your word, to study, to show myself. You want me to know you and to walk with you because you are so you, you are my Savior. You are my life. But also the Bible commands us to be involved in this each and every day. Two more reasons, because martyrs have died for it. Here's a, here's another, martyrs have died for it. Let's allow history to encourage us here. And you're going, really? <laughs> That's an encouragement? But listen, over the centuries, contending for the faith has not been a glamorous endeavor. And, and you know, I've got that, the book of martyrs, you know, that whenever I was in seminary, I read it, but I've got it on my shelf right now, and, and, and I look at it, and I'm going, ugh. And then I look over here, this book is like grace, 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 and I'm going, I want to read that one. But the truth of the matter is, is God wants us to, to come to, to face to face with the truth that, hey, listen, this is not the world that we are created for. We're in the land of the dying. And he's called us to the land of the living. Martyrs have died for the faith, for the gospel of Jesus Christ. They, all the apostles but John were brutally martyred. And we see that you know throughout the, this throughout the New Testament, Stephen stoned to death. Outside of the Bible, millions have been tortured and killed for standing, you know, for the Jesus Christ and the foundation of God's word. Uh, a disciple named Ignatius uh, and uh, was thrown to the lions. Polycarp set on fire. Uh, there was a judge. Uh, of a perpetual judge begged her to deny Christ and live in order that she could feed, uh, continue breastfeeding her her newborn baby. Yet she were refused, and so she was they overrun by a bull and then finished off with a sword. And you're going, this is just this is movie stuff. Now that's that's real stuff that people went through, and today continues to be people being martyred because of their belief. They're dying for. Until we come to know that this is, this is something worth dying for, we're not going to find it's worth living for. Why well, contend for the faith? Because Jesus Christ is worth it. Because God's Word says, hey, I want you to do this. It's, it's not just a now, now, you know, there, there, there everything's going to be okay. I'm here to kind of to, to, to embrace your plan and your agenda. You know, again, He says, follow me. Follow me. Our culture is going, yeah, but, uh, come go with me, Jesus. I've got this plan and this plan. And he's going, wait a minute, I am God. 
people have died for it. And finally, reason for sharing is because lost people are worth it. You will never lock eyes with anybody that God does not love. No matter what they are doing, no matter what they've been through their history, you will never lock eyes with anybody for whom Jesus did not die. Charles Spurgeon had this to say. Um, and, well, I won't go there. Here, here's his words as he talked about um, refusing just to, to not be agonizing and contending and sharing uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ. He says, if sinners be damned, at least them, at least let them leap to hell over our dead bodies. And if they perish, let them perish with our arms wrapped around their knees, imploring them to stay. And if hell must be filled, let it be filled in the teeth of our exertions and let no one go unwarned or unprayed for. Solid reminder that God has called me and you to enjoy Him forever, yes, but also to be His ambassadors of hope. Which means that we come face to face with the reality that it's not for our comfort, but it's for God's glory and God's purpose. He wants us to to, to, he wants through His Holy Spirit to give us a different mindset than whatever has caused us so often to cower back and not be willing to share because uh, it may be offensive or it may be uncomfortable. He's saying, no, 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 no. This is life and death. And I've created you. And the person that you are encountering for a relationship with me, but how can they know? unless they hear, and how can they hear? And that's we're sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me? Father God, we thank You for Your Word. And today we thank You for just a reminder that, Lord, that yes, You love us and You have a desire that, that we experience life abundantly, but You've also called us to be Your ambassadors. You've called us as the body to experience You and to encounter You in such a dynamic way, Lord, that we can't help but share the good news of Jesus Christ. With your heads bowed today, um, maybe you're just you're here and, and you, you've not settled that. I mean, you're not really sure what it means to be a Christian. You're not really sure if you uh, will go to heaven when you die. Well, the message of the gospel is simply this, that God loves you, but from the very beginning of time, ever since the fall, sin has separated us from God. But God has made a way through His Son, Jesus Christ, through that event, through His death, burial, and resurrection. He is saying, I love you this much. Whosoever believes in Me shall not perish but have everlasting life. Do you believe in the personal Lord Jesus Christ? Will you receive Him into your life, surrendering your life to Him, your agenda, your plans? Has He made you aware through the Spirit that you need a Savior? You can do that today if you've never done that. 
perhaps you're a follower of Christ, but right now there's you're just feeling a sense of guilt because you know what? It's not been important for you to share. Matter of fact, it's a, it's a lot of it's been about you and 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 what you've got planned and and your personal agenda. And yet God's calling you out of that comfort zone and He's He's challenging you. Remember this, as, as Paul says in Romans 8, there is therefore now no condemnation for those in Jesus Christ. He's just simply make, asking and calling you to make an adjustment to surrender your schedule, your agenda, your life, and even your voice to Him. He's not called you to be... He's, he's not demanded that you have uh, just unending... Uh, resources of information in your brain uh, and before you share. He just wants you to be able to share, to start with sharing this event. Sharing the person of Jesus Christ. And how through your His leadership of your life, how your life is eternally different. Would you make that commitment to Him today? Say, I will follow. I will follow. Lord Jesus, we come before You today and um, as we were singing earlier, we thank You for Your blessed assurance. We thank You that it's not based on my merits or what I can do or my performance, but Jesus, my salvation is based on Yours. And I've received that and I've surrendered my life to You and now I just want You to make me an instrument of Your grace and Your goodness and Your truth in my family, and in those I come into contact with. Jesus, forever you are glorified. Let us glorify you in this day through our response. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Crosspoint Community Church. You can find us on the web at crosspointonline.org. There, you'll find links to our social media accounts. We gather every Sunday at 11 a.m. in Roswell, Georgia. Tune in next week.